We are now in our Lenten season uh, with Ash Wednesday. It began this past Wednesday, meeting here together, gathering for small worship. Um, my family grew up in a United Methodist Church, and so we observed this season of Lent over the years. And in my mind, it was all about giving something up. And I've been told I'm a little competitive, so I took it as a challenge every year to give something up. I was serious. In middle school, I would get up things like carbonated drinks, Coca-Cola, Sprite, things that I would have every day, and I would have lemonade or water. I would take a step back. I would give up chocolate and all the sweet things that went along with it. One year, I even gave up having a birthday cake because my birthday fell in the Lenten season, and I just couldn't break it, couldn't do it. One year, I gave up fried foods for a healthier food choice. Um, and I remember for the season of giving up fried foods, my dad let me pick which restaurant we would go to after church the Sunday before Lent started. Um, and so I got to pick where our Sunday lunch was, and my siblings were so upset when I picked my favorite fast food restaurant, Captain D's. <laughs> but I was dedicated to the season. Um, like I said, I wouldn't even take the Sundays off because I thought if I caved once, if I let myself just enjoy it a little bit, there's no way I would go back to giving it up. I thought it was all about the suffering piece of Lent. But I was really missing the point of it all. And I'm not here to say don't fast. Um, as Pastor Dawn's poster that you, is now in the education building, it read, without a fast, how do you enjoy and appreciate the feast? But I wasn't allowing my heart or my soul time to be transformed during the season of Lent. I was too focused on the wilderness and suffering aspect of it that I didn't celebrate the preparation of the soul and that Easter is coming. And so for those of you, because there may be some out here today that what is Lent even, and it's more than what comes out of your dryer after washing and drying clothes, Lent is a season of 40 days to evaluate and reconnect ourselves in our relationship with God. We don't include Sundays since we see them as little mini Easter's that help carry us through the journey. After Jesus' baptism, he went into the wilderness for 40 days, fasting and praying, connecting with God as he prepared to begin his ministry. And that's where we get it from. It's intentional time spent with God. To remember that we are human and that we need God continuously to prepare us in our own faith journey. And what better way to dive into scripture together in this season to learn and to be open to transformation than one of the most powerful sermons in the Bible preached by Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. It's recorded twice in the Gospels, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and a shorter version in Luke. It's a transformative sermon. 
one that calls us to go beyond the normal, the status quo, and it asks us to love, to forgive, to work towards the beautiful kingdom of God. And so as we journey through this on Sundays, we will draw from Richard Rohr's book, Jesus's Alternative Plan, the Sermon on the Mount, if you're looking for a a fun read. This is definitely it. Um, But it is a new perspective that I was able to hear and explore the Sermon on the Mount in a new way. Um, He points out just how revolutionary Jesus's sermon was back in that day and still to what it means for us in this day. It's hard to grapple with at times parts of this sermon. Jesus asks a lot of his disciples, of the followers, of us today, which is why this sermon is so important during our journey in Lent. We must die to our old selves and give up what distracts us from God's will in order to be transformed by God's love to be in service and ministry with others. This sermon reveals to us what the kingdom of God is and how God views us with so much love and the demand for us to love others in that way. And so we will journey together through this Lenten season up the mountain to gain the wisdom of scripture from the Sermon on the Mount. But today we're going to do things just a little differently. We're actually going to start with the Gospel of Luke's version, and it's called the Sermon on the Plain. Both are sermons drawn from the same sources. They share common themes. Both are important to intentionally read, to hear, and to live into as we prepare for the transformation of our hearts and our minds and our souls. And today, we will let the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke do the preaching. Let us pray. Gracious God, open our hearts this day so that the written word and the spoken word leads us to the one true living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is a reading from Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 49. Hear now the word of the Lord. He came down with them, And stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And everyone in the crowd was trying to touch him. For power came out from him and healed all of them. And then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. 
Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you, it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. And he also told this parable to them. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but every disciple who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck? in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take that speck out of your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a bramble bush. 
The good person, out of the good treasure of their heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood arose, the river burst against the house, but it could not be shaken because it had a well-built foundation. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the river burst against it, it quickly collapsed. And great was the ruin of that house. And this is the word of God for you, the people of God. How will this sermon of true Christian living transform you in this season of Lent? There was a lot packed into it, and that's the Luke version. I thought maybe the Matthew three chapters might have been a little too long for today, but we will dive into those in the Sundays to come. So what's hard to wrestle with? What are some of the things we need to let go of? What are some of the scriptures we need to meditate on? What are some of the spiritual practices we need to add into our lives as we welcome the Holy Spirit to stir up within us something new. That we too understand and serve those that the scriptures identified as poor, hungry, the weeping, the marginalized. How can we show God's love? Are we living in a society and a culture that calls us to love our enemies? Who even is our enemy? And what does that healthy, God-given love look like in sharing it with others? What kinds of fruit are we bearing in the communities? How firm is our foundation in God? Do we need to add a bit of transformative prayer within our lives to get us there? Do we need to spend time with God in new ways to condition us to love unconditionally? And I, I don't have all the answers today. We don't have all the answers as a church in general. But with each day, we are assured that we are known and we are loved by God. And we can open our hearts for God to stir within us and lead us in the direction of love. And it doesn't happen overnight. Don't worry, we've got 40 days. And so as we journey together in the season ahead, I invite you to open your hearts for transformation. It can be scary, it can mean change. But move away from the old ways, the common ways, the easier ways, so that in our season of preparation, and in our season of growth, God transforms you into something new. And as we look toward the sun rising on Easter morning, 
May the kingdom of God shine through your hearts and the love of God impact everyone you encounter. In a way to respond to the word, we affirm our faith collectively with our voices raised in unison, all each unique in their own way, but each called to live out the promise of loving God and loving neighbor. Pastor Dawn and I selected this affirmation of faith found in your bulletin for the Lenten season, because not only does it affirm our belief in the triune God, it also affirms the call on our lives to love and be in community with one another, one that Jesus adamantly preached about to all at the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. And it's a sermon that we are called to live daily. So I invite you now to stand as you are able and join with me in this affirmation of faith found in your bulletin. We will read it together. We belong to God, eternal and infinite, creator of all things and all that is to come. We follow Christ who comes to us from God and reveals God to us. He heals people and transforms lives and calls us to join in his ministry. He was crucified, died, and was raised by God and reigns over all creation. He bids us to die and rise with him in the service of the healing of the world. We live by the Spirit together with the communion of saints as members of the body of Christ, God's holy universal church. We are confident in the forgiveness of sin, the power of the resurrection, and the reality of eternal life. In all things, it is our desire to follow Christ by the grace of the Holy Spirit for God's glory. Amen. You may be seated.